I'm excited. Y'all pumped up? Y'all ready for this? I'm excited because I love when God gets involved because when God's involved, it takes it out of our hands and out of our capabilities and takes it past our limits. Because I know, I don't know about you, but I think of my limits and I think, man, I can only go so far. But then when you get God in the midst, it's all of a sudden the limits get erased and the opportunities become more than I can count. I love that. Hey, let me encourage you with these glimpse nights um, to, uh, not only with these glimpse nights, but all throughout this month, let me encourage you to get into the word of God and get that word of God in you this year. Let 2017 be a year where you are full so that every situation you walk into, you are ready to share, to speak into. We need to be life givers, not life takers, okay? We need to be walking in with something to share into someone's spirit that when they're down, you're ready to fill up. And that only happens with the word of God. And I know uh, personally, you know, I, I can tell when I'm, when I'm not in the word because I'm a stinky poop head. You know what I mean? Anybody else like that? You know when you're not in the word because you're just not anointed. You're not present. You're not focused. You, when you come into a room, you're not one giving. You're the one taking. So I encourage you, get the app too and follow um, the plans that we're going to be reading. Right now we're going through the heart work. 30 days of heart work. It is rocking my world. Oh, my words. Make sure you get the app. It's really easy. Sign into your version, and you can set that up. But let us be filled to the overflow so everywhere we go, it comes out of us, and we fill and change our environments. I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, I was reading in, in Mark, and I, I just want to challenge you with this, this scripture tonight. Um, it's all about Jesus and calling his disciples and so we got to look at the author, Mark, in chapter 1, verse 14, if you have your word with you. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus calls, and then my Bible says, Jesus calls his first disciples, kind of puts the, the title there. Verse 16 says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. That's what they were. That's who they were. But aren't you glad that God doesn't look at just who we are in our resume? Aren't you glad that God looks deeper than that? And he doesn't just look at the fact that we're just fishermen, or we're just a businessman, or we're just a clerk. Or we're just a person working. We're just a student at the university. We're not just that. God looks so much deeper. And Jesus calls out to them and says, come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. That's crazy. And you got to think, what, why, why did it push them? And, and whenever you read the word, you got to look into it a little bit. And he, you have here... The, Simon and his brother Andrew in the boat and they're fishing. That's what they were. They were fishermen. And all of a sudden Jesus comes into the picture and calls out what they're doing to come and do something else. And the, the thing that kind of throws me off is the way they responded. They responded with, well, of course, drop my nets and go. Which makes me think there's got to be something more to this than just a random guy walking on the Sea of Galilee and then you just follow him. But he says, and then when he got a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing the nets. And without delay, he called to them. 
they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now, these guys had a little bit more cost. And don't you know that when God calls you, there's always a cost to your calling? There's always some type of cost to when God calls you to do something great. And some of us, it's, it's a huge cost. It's dropping our nets and following. And others, it might be even leaving our dad in the boat. And I have to go there for a sec because I know James and John, they were probably those kids that were like two and three in the boat with their dad. You know, and they're the little kids that could barely lift the net, and their dad's teaching them the knot. And they've been doing this all their life. I mean, daddy had raised them well, right? And they smelled like fish, and they were just, this is what they, this is all they knew. And Jesus calls them to do something else. And I thought, you know, that, that's crazy to, to, to see their response to that. And, you know, this Christmas I got an Apple Watch, a lot of you know. Um, and it was kind of one of those gifts that was a hint to me because my wife said I was very hard to reach. And a lot of other people have said that as well. Very hard to reach. And it's not that I don't want to be reached. It just wasn't top of my priority list to check my phone. I would go an hour, two hours, four hours, five hours, maybe a day without checking my phone. And it, it wouldn't be a big deal because I was busy. I was focused. You know, I was on something else. So I got an Apple Watch, and now I'm connected. I mean, everything comes to my Apple Watch. Text, calls, everything. I'm like, babe, did you see the text uh, thread going through? And she's like, no, I haven't checked my phone. I said, well, you got to be connected. You know, <laughs> you got to know what's going on in your world. So... So now I'm like always connected, and it wasn't the fact that I didn't want the voices to speak into me, but it was the fact that it wasn't a top priority. I wonder if that's how we treat God's voice sometimes, that it's not top priority. We'll get to it when we get to it, and sometimes we get a little too busy to hear his voice, and we get caught up in what we're doing because we're fishermen. You know, we're casting our nets. We're doing what we know to do. And sometimes we don't treat the voice of God like something like, I have to get that voice of God in me. So seeing this and, and the fact that they said, Jesus, all that you have, I want it, so I'm going to come after you. It makes me think there's got to be more to the story. So you go to Luke, and Luke, you see, Mark, he's kind of the gist guy. He gives you the story in kind of a nutshell. He's like, by the way, Jesus came, called him, blah, blah, blah. Luke, he's a doctor. He's got to go into a little more detail. So you go to Luke chapter 5, and he goes in a little more detail. He said in, ch in chapter one, or verse 1, he says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of uh, Gennesaret, which is Galilee, the people were crowding around him listening to the word of God. So Jesus was sharing the word of God with everybody, like he always did. And he saw at the water's edge their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Let's go fishing. Simon answered, listen, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Don't you love that response? He's a fisherman. This is what I do, Jesus. And we have been working all night. And don't you love when Jesus shows up on the worst day of work? I mean, it's the worst day. You spent all night casting them nets. Every net, no fish. Every time you cast out, there's nothing. And you've been hours. Now you're sitting in the boat. You're kind of falling asleep when Jesus, you're trying not to because he's like a big deal right now. And he's saying, all right, let's go out and cast our nets one more time. I mean, just 
Put yourself in his shoes. You've been working on It's the most terrible night of, of his life. So he has this argument, this little moment where he's like, Jesus, hold on. I've been working all night. I'm exhausted. But because you say, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. What? So they signaled their partners in the other boat, James and John, so to come and help them, and they came, filled both boats so full that they began to sink. All of a sudden, your worst day of work becomes the best day of your career. I mean, your boats are full. So full, you're starting to sink. The nets are breaking. This is unbelievable. It's breaking the mind. And what happened is Peter and his human, or Simon and his, and his human ability, and, and Andrew and James and John, they were all in their human ability the whole time. But as soon as God's power showed up and met their human ability, that the explosion of destiny happened. And that's what took place. And so read on. So, so when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and, and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the, caught, the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. And I love when Jesus talks to our fear. It's incredible when Jesus talks to the things that we're afraid of because we see what the outside sees. And that the Bible says that, you know, man looks on the outside, but God looks deeper. Aren't you glad God doesn't just stop at our fears? And aren't you glad God doesn't listen to our fears? And he says, listen, Peter, I understand. I understand the fear. I understand you feel that sin separating us. And I understand that you're just a fisherman, but I see so much deeper into your soul. I see your calling. I see your destiny. I see your purpose. And so Jesus says, don't be afraid, for now you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. That's crazy. And to me, it doesn't make sense. Because, I mean, think of, put yourself in his shoes. You're doing life and your business is going, you know, A-okay. You've been doing it for years. It's not something that you need to start over. And all of a sudden, a man shows up in your life and says, leave everything, the paycheck, the comfortability, the friends, everything. Leave everything and follow me. I'm a man in a robe with sandals on, and I'm about to go preach the kingdom of God to all the world. What would you do? So it makes me think, there's got to be more to the story. It can't just be the fact that this guy shows up, and all of a sudden they believe and just go with him. There's no way. So I started looking over at John. Because there's many authors, you know, the Gospels are four Gospels, and you have to look at all of them because they're all seeing the same thing, saying a different, you know, a way. So you look over at John, and John has the same thing that my Bible says John's disciples follow Jesus. So John chapter 1, verse 35 says, the next day, John was there again with his two disciples. Now, now the, the scriptures before in, in, Luke, in Mark say after John was put in prison. So we know that this actually happened before that whole thing went down. So John was there again with his disciples preaching. And John the Baptist was the crazy man. He was the burly guy with the, the wool and, and eating locusts and honey. I mean, he was the nut that everybody went out just to watch, film with their iPhones and put on YouTube. This was the guy that smelled funny. This was the guy that was preaching that Jesus was coming. Something that everybody was like, what, the jazz? And every day, every day, he was saying, I'm preparing the way for the Messiah. Okay, so John the Baptist is there. 
And then when his disciples, oh, I'm sorry. And then he said, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, it's the Lamb of God. Basically, look, oh, it's the guy I've been talking about, the guy I've been telling you guys, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lamb of God. He's here. And when his two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John had said and who had followed Jesus. Okay, so there you go. You got it. One of the guys in the boats, Andrew, had met Jesus before the time of the, the whole fishing incident in the water. So Andrew had spent the day with Jesus, and, and, and here's what, he, what happened. Uh, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And I love this moment. Oh, my word. There's some moments in the Bible that you have to stop and just take it in because this is the first moment Jesus is meeting Simon. He spent the day with his brother. He poured into Andrew and the other disciple, which we don't know his name. But he poured into them all day long. Andrew gets stoked. He's like, this is the Messiah. This is the king of kings. Oh, my word. I got to go tell my brother. He's got to hear it. What a good brother, right? So he runs, grabs his brother Peter, or Simon at the time, walks in. And this is what Jesus does. He looks at him and he says, Simon, son of John, you are now Cephas, which means Peter. Now, you have to understand that Simon meant pebble, and so all of his life he had been called pebble, which is not good for your man cards. You lose about 15 when you're called a pebble. And when he walks in, Jesus says, hey, I know people have been calling you pebble, but I call you rock. Peter means rock. And later on, he would call Peter the rock that he's going to build his kingdom upon, his church that cannot be come against by the enemy. And, and so... In this moment, Jesus is calling into Peter, his calling, without even Peter recognizing what was happening at the moment. And that was it. That's all we know of the story. And then later on, then you have this encounter at the water. So Peter was in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus said, go out, cast the nets. Now, that wouldn't have made sense if it was just a random guy. But Peter had been changed, and his mind went back to before when when Jesus had called him the rock and it placed inside of him something that was, was there before. I remember when Jesus changed my name and it was two years ago when, whenever the whole staff took a vacay and I drew the short straw, the youth pastor always does. I drew the short straw on how to take care of the church. So it was, it was me and Ashley taking care of the church and at first it was overwhelming. I mean, it was just too much. But then halfway through, I, I, I remember saying to her, wow, I could see myself pastoring someday. This, I, I really enjoy this. I enjoy, I enjoy the people. I enjoy the church. I enjoy this. This is something I could definitely see myself. And I didn't realize it at the time, but Jesus was changing my name. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're having an encounter with the King of Kings, and he's actually changing your DNA, and you don't even know it. And all your life you've been called something. And for 10 years I've been called youth pastor. And Jesus at that moment was calling me pastor. And I didn't even understand what he was doing. And for you, I wonder what moment in your life Jesus has changed your name. And you didn't even know it. 
but you had an encounter with the king of kings and the lord of lords and he spoke into you he said hey i know everybody's been calling you pebble i know everybody's been saying that you're just a fisherman but i call you rock i call you rock and someday you know you don't even know it yet but someday we're going to meet again i'm going to do so many miracles through you right now just know this you're a rock so I wonder, you know, where you are in your life, and I, I have to look at, look at my life and say, wow, two years ago I had an encounter with the king of kings. He said, you will, you will pastor someday, you will pastor a city. And it was two years later that I had the, the nets in the water experience where I'm like, wow, got it. Thanks, Jesus. There it is. I understand now that you're calling me to rock a city for you. And sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing that we miss out on the magical moment when Jesus calls into us and speaks greatness out of us. Because it's when our human ability meets his power that destiny explodes. I love that. I love that. And I wonder where you are in your journey. Because here is change. God has called us to change a city. Now, does that look overwhelming and overbearing? Yeah, it does. If it's in our human ability. But the beautiful thing is now I feel like we're in the boat and we're doing what we know to do. And Jesus has come in and said, hey, listen, I know you've been fishing a lot. I know you've been casting out your nets all night, but I'm here now, so do it again. And see, we have to look back at history and see the heroes that have gone before and built churches and built movements and built revivals and built time and time again where God has come and done incredible things. They built a foundation to where here we are now. And God has spoke something into this year. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to see what he has in store. Because if it's anything of what he's put in my spirit, it's going to be huge. If it's anything that what he's spoken to you in those quiet moments, this is going to blow out our expectations. This is going to be bigger than us. And so I want to challenge us with Romans 8, 28, because when you understand all that and you understand God has known from the beginning of time who you are and where you're going, then this scripture really comes alive to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, when we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be comfort conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. That's you. Those he predestined from the beginning of time. He knew you were going to be doing this from the, from the time that you were even conceived. He knew exactly what you'd be doing right now. He knew the job transfer that was going to take place. He knew the position he was going to give you. He knew the university you were going to be at. He knew. He knew the farm you are going to have. He knew exactly where you are going to be. He knew all the connections you are going to be making. He knew your business you were going to be at. He knew all the connections you are going to have right around the area that you are trying to reach. What? Why would he do that? Why would he build such a connection base for you right around the area that he wants to reach? Because he changed your name. He knew. He knew. And he doesn't just look at, oh, you're an electrician. Oh, I'm a videographer. Oh, you help car salesmen. Oh, you cut grass. No, 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 no. He looks way deeper because he sees the grand picture and he sees from the beginning of time what he knit inside of you. And it wasn't just to be good at what you do, but it's for that ability to meet his power. And then when that happens, true lasting change 
takes place. And that's what we're going to see. And it keeps going. In verse 30, it says, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Don't you love that? That he not only calls you, but he justifies to everybody about your calling for you. You don't even have to do it for yourself. But he says, hey, everybody, this is why I called them. I don't just call them, but I, I put all the reasons on paper. I'm his lawyer. I justify him. This is why he's doing what he's doing. And then those he justifies, he also glorifies. He brings you to a new level of leadership and anointing. That you're not only just another human being on the earth. You walk in with a presence with you that you command the spirits to bow down to. Because you have an anointing on you. Isn't that incredible? And my Bible says more than conquerors because the next verse is epic. It says, wait, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us. And that's a little filly right there. That's a little attitude you have to say that with. If God is for us. Who can be against us? You know, I just want to snap my fingers. You feel it? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for you, then who can be against your promotion? Who can be against your uh, open doors? Who can be against your favor? Nobody can. Because when God is for you, there's nothing that can stop you. All of a sudden, all of the limits come off. Your human limitation is no longer your rules that you have to play with. Because God is on your side, nothing can stop you. And all of a sudden, everybody else is trying to give you wisdom saying, I don't know, it's never worked before, and you're trying to do what? I don't think so. We've had 30,000 churches try that. That's not going to work. Oh, you're trying to reach your entire university? I don't think so. Oh, you're trying to get a promotion in your work? Oh, that's not going to work. You're trying to start that business? No, no, no. No, those rules don't apply to you because when God is for you, who can be against you? Okay. I mean, it's true, and, and this should pump you up because God is working everything for the good of you and the good of us. And so here's where we are right now is Glimpse Nights, we're going to find out um, our place. And I really encourage you to come to our Belong Night, and that's where we're really going to get into the nuts and bolts of change and also pull out of you where you're supposed to be, um, not only in change but in your personal life. Uh, our, whole, our whole big picture of this is we want to be a healthy team so that we can help hurting people. And if we're not healthy, don't kid yourself for a minute. We ain't, ain't going to have anything to offer. You walk into somewhere hurting yourself, you're just going to blend right in. But we're going to make ourselves healthy. We're going to get into the word of God. We're going to help each other out. We're going to coach each other. We're going to, we're going to do this thing together so that we can be a healthy force to come into Philly and say we're here to take back the land that God has promised us. And just like Andrew, here's the deal. We have, we have a responsibility now. We have a mission. And so I want you to think long and hard, man, over this next month as we serve the city and as we pray over our city and as we come together as a team and start to build our culture. And I think that's a beautiful thing when you come together and you build your culture because it's a home. And then when you invite others into your home, they feel it. You know what I mean? They, they come into your home and all of a sudden it's like 
whoa, that's, oh, I, f- I feel different, you know, and they don't even know why, but it's because you've built a culture and you've built an atmosphere. You know, we do it with our family. We make sure that we have music on at all times. We make sure that we're always laughing and we're super loud. That's our culture. So when you come into our house, don't, don't kid yourself for a minute. Your level's going to raise up just a tiny bit. Even if you're a quiet person, you come into my house, you're going to be a little bit louder, you know, just because that's our culture. And so I love it that we're going to build changes culture to be a culture that we are all on fire for God. We're all healthy people. We're all managing our lives well. You know, because uh, I don't think Christians should be ill managers of their life. You know, we should be the best managers of our life and money and time and effort. And we should be the ones making most change happen in our city. We shouldn't be the ones that are trying and getting nothing done. Does that make sense? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And if God is in it, the limits are, are gone. And so that's what we believe and that's what we're going to do. So I really challenge you to be a part of the Belong Night and and be thinking really hard and pray hard. And, and, and as you fast, man, if we could get on our face, I'm telling you, there's power when you just get on your face and say, God, I need to hear you. And the, it's in that desperation that I've heard more of God's words spoken into me when I'm on the ground just saying, God, I just need to hear you right now um, than any other moments ever. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, church is great and worship setting is great, but I've had the most awesome worship encounters at home in my studio, you know, with the door closed, with the music loud, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, you know. That's why I made it soundproof, you know. She thought it was to record. No, it's to look like an idiot in there by myself. But it's in those times where I touch heaven. And so that's the culture we're building is that we've touched heaven and now we're bringing it to earth. And that's that's the type of army that we are. When we walk in, we bring heaven with us and we bring God's presence with us. Can you feel that? And when we go into a homeless shelter, we're not just another volunteer showing up. We're bringing Jesus with us. They feel it. They feel something different about us because we're not only coming in with human good. We're coming in with the spirit of God. And the spirit of God changes lives. Good just makes you feel good for a bit and then it's gone. It's like sugar high. You know, it goes up, then it goes down. My kids do it all the time. They run around in circles, then they fall to the ground and they they sleep for like eight hours. But see... We are bringing the spirit of God, which keeps you high and never stops. And so that's what we're doing. We're building a culture. So I want you to pray long and hard about who you're supposed to bring. Think, think future mindset and think of this place filled, but not only this place, because I think we're going to outgrow this place pretty soon. And we're going to have to go find a, a spot to meet with our team. Because here's the deal. God wants us to do this well. In order to do this well, we have to build a very healthy team. Okay. And so here's our mission. Our mission is to find someone else to bring here. All right? So number one, I just want you to ask yourself this. I want to challenge you with this. Number one, what is God calling you to do? As he showed up to your work, maybe, maybe even just tonight, he's kind of challenging you. You know, maybe he, he's found you where you are, casting your nets, getting nothing, being frustrated, saying, what the jazz. And now he wants to take you back to that moment where he called you a different name. And he changed your name. And so what is God calling you to do right now? You know, for me, it was a big deal. It was dropping my nets and following him, literally. You know, I had to drop everything and follow him. And that that was okay. That's my cost. What is your cost for this mission? What's God calling you to lay down or maybe change? Maybe there's priorities that need to come up in your life. Maybe your desperation level for God's presence isn't enough. Maybe you've... You need an Apple Watch, okay? Apple needs to to pay me for this right now. Maybe you need an Apple Watch to say, God, I'm always listening, and when you ring in, I'm going to be ready because it's right on my wrist. You know, I'm right here, I'm right here. That's my prayer this year is that, God, 
that, that um, this is my prayer, literally, <laughs> that, that God won't you be right present with me, that when I'm in a conversation with John and we're talking, I can literally just close my eyes for a second, just say, what do you want me to say? And then I'm right back. You know, that's how close I want to be to God. That's my prayer. You know, for you, what is it for you? How close do you want to be to God? And, and maybe God needs to take you. So that's number one. What does God want you to do? Where does he want you to go? What does he want you to drop? What does he want you to, to get in? And number two, who does he want you to bring to the mission? Because that's our responsibility is now to build his kingdom. And so we're going to do that well. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? I'm so pumped. And I love it that this isn't just a high of emotion, but this is a high of the kingdom of God, which is a lasting high. And I'm excited about that. And I'm pumped. I'm so excited. And looking back, you can see the pathway for your life and how God changed your name. And now here we are. And now he's calling you out to do something new for him. And it might not be a new job transfer. Don't get crazy ideas because someone's got to pay for this mission, right? So don't, don't get crazy and, and quit your job and say, all right, Lige, we're all in. You know, <laughs> Great. How are we going to pay for it? But don't get nuts. But what is God calling you into? Uh, maybe God's calling you to just transfer your priorities and transfer your energy uh, into something new. Um, I want to pray over you tonight and just pray for our team that as we go into this mission, we're ready and we're empowered uh, to use our platforms well. Because every one of us has a platform. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are, your amazing power and ability. God, you're incredible. And you give us the ability to be your representations. And God, we thank you that you trust us like that. God, we thank you that you changed our name, that we are no longer pebbles. We are no longer something that is by the wayside. But God, you're putting us smack dab in the middle of what you're doing. And God, we're honored. We're honored to be a part of that. God, we pray that we would change everywhere we go. That we would bring in your presence and let an encounter from heaven come down. And everything that we say, everything that we do, and everything that we problem solve. God, let our words be your words. Speak to us. And God, I just pray that in this fast, when we set aside something to hear your voice, so we have desperation for you. God, I pray that in this fast, you would speak to us so loudly. And let it be so obvious. And take over our minds, God, and our hearts. Let us hear you for what you're saying and what you want us to do. We love you, Jesus, and we trust you in your wonderful name. Amen.